Warning, this episode contains dope language, mature situations, the red pox outbreak, samsters creating pure black kimonos, unusual harems, cheap shoguns, and alternative histories. Listener discretion is advised. series for women. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Some podcasts venting reviews about connecting hands and narratives. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up? Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode of the Spark and Manga Review. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at com. You can email us, sparkin at gmail.com. You can email me at zansparkin.com. And... You can check out our store at Amazon.com forward slash shops forward slash Spyrokin to buy some of the old mangas we reviewed. Now, before I get any further into this podcast, I want all of my listeners to give a shout out to Jade or JD Banks at jadeescape.wordpress.com. Yes, this is another one of those episodes where I kind of screwed up. See, Audacity, for some bizarre reason, after I recorded the original review for Oku, the inner chamber of the manga we're going to review today, something bizarre happened. Here's a listen of what happened. see due to audacity making a big mistake the entire episode was jumbled into a bunch of fragments which make no sense as far as i could tell there's six second intervals which are from different conversations that have mixed up 
All I can guess that happened is the AU program, the Audacity Utility Program, completely jumbled everything up. Now, I tried for several hours and days to try and fix it to make it sound perfectly beautiful. And since I can't get a hold of Jade, I was trying to. It looks like I'm going to have to once again abdicate and say I'm going to have to review it on my own. And I do have no co-hosts this time. And Jade, I apologize profusely for this. Please don't hate me or think poorly of me because we did have an amazing podcast where we talked about milk bread and living in Japan and getting the oku from a female point of view and the different movies which it was based on. And I did spoil what it, the title was, but the fact is that more importantly than that, I did fail a fellow podcaster, a fellow blogger, and I do feel poorly about that. And I do apologize. Jade, profusely, please forgive me. Now, with that in mind, let's get into the review to try and salvage it. So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spock and Manga Review, I spun that one, that only the Wheel of Manga. And it dictated to me that I'd be reviewing a manga that was written by Fumi Yoshinagi. Now, for those of you who don't know, Fumi Yoshinagi is an artist who's written a lot of shoujo and shonen iwa. That's what she's mainly famous for. She did a lot of doujinshis. And she's also famous for a series called Antique Bakery, which we may get to eventually. A lot of people, if you watch the Uncle Yo stand-up, he's done a lot of commentary on this bizarreness of this manga about a guy who gets kidnapped and then he's obsessed with baked goods and he gets raped by someone in his store. But again, we digress. So this series does have a little bit of a yaoi and uh, shonen eye feel to it, but not really. And this was published by... Hokushensha, or as we know it, Viz Media Signature, so it's more of an adult manga. More importantly, it's a Jose manga. It came out in 2005, it's still coming out, and there's a drama, a live-action movie, and a sequel movie coming out. And as I said, this is called Oku, The Inner Chamber. And for those of you who've never read this before, it's a very intriguing spin on an alternate history line, and more importantly, it's a very diverse way because it takes a very feminist sci-fi aspect which is pretty intriguing and it's won several awards i mean it's won the, the 2006 excellency prize it's won the 2005 uh sense of gender award for sci-fi it's won the manga tosho in 2008 and it's been nominated three times for the tezuka osamu cultural prize i think it won the 2009 if i remember correctly and like I said, they made a live-action movie this year. There was a TV drama in 2010. And it's still coming out. And there's currently seven volumes out. And it's a very intriguing story. Now, let's get into what it's about, shall we? Now, the whole story opens up with a line that's from one of the members of the Oku, which is, All who serve inside the Oku, the inner chambers, in the deepest interior of Edo Castle, must seal with blood the following oath. Never shall I speak of things I've never heard or seen inside the Oku, nor of anything else that doth take place herein to my parents, or to my brothers or sisters, or to any other person beyond its walls. And this is the code that everyone in the Oku takes, and they follow completely. Now, some of you are wondering, what is this inner chamber they're talking about? Well, Let's get into the history and get into it. Now, many years ago, I think the timeline says it's like 1630, there's this kid in this village named Sadakichi, who he's with his parents, he's a happy little spiffy boy, and his parents are wondering where he goes because he runs off into the woods because he's going to find some mushrooms, and because he's heard a rumor that these mushrooms, these specific mushrooms, 
if he gives it to someone, they will live a long and healthy life. And so he's going to take it and give it to his mother because she he wants her to live a sturdy and strong life and to be more more healthy and take more of an assertive role in life. Now, as he does this, as he's getting these mushrooms, a bear shows up and ends up severely injuring him. His parents find out, they take him home, and he dies. Now, because he died, something bizarre happens. His older brother, about a week later, gets a fever, and he gets really sick. Like, within two days, he gets a bunch of red pustules all over his body. You know, like a, almost like chicken pox, but not really. And he actually dies within four days. And then his other brother gets infected with this weird disease and then their neighbor gets infected with disease and suddenly this thing which they call the red pox spreads all over the country and this village is the center of it it goes all over the place the only weird thing though is it only affects young men so anyone who's over a certain age they're perfectly fine and all the women are fine so it's got a fatality rate of about eight out of ten so out of eight guys only two survive and this disease spreads all over Japan, and supposedly it spreads all over the world. We don't really know how far it spreads throughout the first volume. But 80 years later, the male population stabilized. And now, because of this virus, now one-fourth of the men exist compared to women. So if you want to think about this, now that's one-fourth. And one-fourth, that means 17.5% of, of men are left on the planet. That's not a lot. And because of this alarming low survival rate, because the disease is still around, a lot of boys are raised with extreme care, and they're considered these precious seed barriers, that, and that they have to be protected no matter what, because they are the survival of the race, because without men, women can't get impregnated, you can't have life, this, that, and the other thing. So, in order to ease the burden of the men, the women are now carrying out all the labor. Like, for example, if you were a merchant, it used to be that the father trained the son to be a merchant, and then that's how the life would go. However, now, its mother is a merchant, and she teaches her daughter to be a merchant, to teach her, her daughter to be a merchant. And this is what's happened. Women rule the world. Men have become the lower class. And also because of this, because of the low amount of men, the institution of marriage has collapsed completely. I mean, if you're rich and wealthy, you can afford to buy a husband. But for low-income women, you can't even dream of taking a husband. You may be able to go to one of the pleasure districts to pay for a guy to have sex with you and knock you up so you can have children. But for the most part, you're kind of screwed and not in a good way. The right for someone to get a son-in-law is a privilege. And only the samurai warrior class and the wealthy can obtain this. And surprisingly, there's only one person in the entire world or in this whole, in all Japan, that has the privilege to have a palace full of men and no one woman can enter it except for her her subordinate but only she can view all the men and they're known as the oku the inner chamber they are a harem for the shogun and it is now a woman as we said and in this world women like have this statement that they say that it's true that men are stronger than women but at the same time they're more frail and their constitution are so much weaker if they push themselves too hard they might get sick and die so th these men who could be really strong and wealthy and great men are considered these frail dainty things and the interesting thing is in politics 
what a lot of the, the people don't know is that, for example, if a dignitary shows up from outside of the, the country and it's all men, they are only allowed to go to the Yoku, which is all four men, and the Shogun has to hide behind a veil, dressed up like a guy, because they don't want anyone to know the truth. There's a whole conspiracy going on about because most people don't remember that men used to be in charge. They think only women have been in charge, and there's this whole conspiracy going on. And that's led at the end of the volume, where it kind of hints that there's more going on than what's going on. And someone wrote what happened, because most people don't remember. 80 years back then is a long time, especially when your survival rate was 40 years old. I mean, that's a grandmother, so. But the other thing is that sons are and they're given dowries in order to be married, and they get these offers of marriage and mothers act insane if you refuse or if they act confused and this brings up who we originally think is the main character or the first person we follow in the first we'll say third of the manga and this is Mizuno Yunosha he's a 17 year old guy who likes to sleep around and he, he really seems like he doesn't want to get married but he sleeps with anyone who doesn't have money if you're a girl you don't have money or you're a woman who doesn't have money he'll sleep with you he never charges for it and he's working class. He's willing to work, scrub, do the dirty stuff that most guys are too dainty to do, even though they do martial arts or whatnot. They're just, he's willing to try his best. And his best friend is this girl named Onobu. And she is the daughter of a merchant, and he is below class. But obviously he is in love with her, but he never says it. It ends up where his mother says he has a marriage offer, and he says, no, 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 I don't want to get married. Listen. What I want to do is because my sister, my 24-year-old sister, who's never going to get a husband, and you're not going to have no money, what I'm going to do is I'm going to join the Oku. The uncle is part of the Oku, is a low-level member. He'll get me in, and then I get an allowance. I'll send you the money, and you can get my sister a husband. And, and you know, in the Oku, it's a very different lifestyle, and he thinks it's going to be glamorous and wonderful. And this is a guy who's very handsome, but he dresses kind of, you know, he dresses very plainly. And... He ends up being accepted into the Oku, and he is at the lowest level, which is a page, which pretty much means that he is a glorified maid for the higher-ups in the Oku. He cleans their apartment, brings them their food, and the, the uniform for the, them is a blue kimono with a blue hakama skirt. And he is treated like shit in the beginning. And, I mean, he's mercilessly bullied by the other pages. And then, to top it off, that first night... As he's getting ready to go to sleep, a bunch of his senpais show up, ready to gang-rape him. And in retaliation, he ends up causing a big fight. He actually goes, reaches for one of the ceremonial katanas, and they tell him, if you draw a katana, you'll be executed. He's like, I don't care. Bushido code may make me commit seppuku, but I will kill you all first, so don't touch me ever. And their logic is that, hey, they don't ever get to see a girl, really. The only girl is the shogun. If she chooses one of them, otherwise it's they hook up with each other, so they kind of got this weird gayish thing going on. But they go to bed, and because of this, the higher ups, the Chamberlain, the head of the Oku, hears about this, and he has Mizuno actually show off his skills in the fetching dojo, where Mizuno kicks the ass of one of the higher ups. After he wins the fight, he goes to reach his hand and congratulates to the other guy, saying, "Look, I didn't win by skill; it was by luck. You're a much better fighter than me." And the, his opponent slaps his hand away, says. Well, you might be a better fighter, but you're ugly, you're uncouth, and you're not worth knowing. And he just gets up, walks away, and Mizuno is pretty sure that his life is going to go to hell anyway, and it's going to be treated much worse. Now, 
while this is happening, the Shogun is currently a six-year-old girl. And unfortunately, due to her being a young girl, she's susceptible to more painful diseases, and she ends up dying due to an illness. And everyone's shocked and crazed by this, and they're looking for someone who could replace her, because she obviously didn't have a daughter. So they're looking, and they find that the closest person in the family bloodline is someone who's in charge of the key province. This is the new shogun, Yasimune. And she is this very frugal, country bumpkin-esque girl who is very frugal. She realizes that the nation's coffers are kind of empty, and so she is completely against opulence. She thinks that showing wealth is not needed. What you need to do is rebuild the finances and simple is best. And when one of her advisors says, oh, you should wear something more opulent and more wonderful, she fires her on the spot saying, thank you for your help. You're fired. You're done. Get the fuck out of my presence. I don't need you. And she fires all her advisors except for the one who was her superior saying, you were honest to me. You vouched for me. And you're like a family member. So I am making you my vassal, the one who speaks to everyone in my name. So as this is happening, Suddenly, Mizuno gets a message from the Grand Chamberlain, the guy who was in charge of the Oku, saying, Yes, we're promoting you. You are now going to be a groom of the bedchamber. So he got promoted from the lowest of the low to the top of the top, and he went to the top. And pretty much the groom of the bedchambers are the personal assistants of the Shogun or her consort, depending on who she chooses. These are the ones that are presented to the Shogun so that she can choose the person she's going to sleep with. And now suddenly the people who were treating him like garbage, who were lower, are treating him like he's the man, like he's the best, he's their master, he's amazing, he's awesome. And he's showing that he is actually as good as they are, because all of them are noblemen. There are seven noblemen, and then there's this guy who's the son of a samurai, but he's really an impoverished samurai, and he doesn't understand the basics of their society, of their games. Like there's a game they play where they smell scents. And he says, what is this? And, he, and they explain him to him one time. And suddenly he's kicking all their asses. He can figure it out. He's that smart. He catches on to it. And they respect him for that. But the problem is that there's this extra conspiracy going on, which I'll explain in a second. But things are going good for him. And his semster, pretty much it's a male seamstress. This is the guy that creates the kimonos for everybody. is madly in love with him. And he designs for Mizuno this kimono of pure black with one image on the back. One design. It's very elegant, very simple. It's not gaudy and bright and 50 billion colors. It's just black with one image. And in, as a reward for that, he wants Mizuno to do something to make him completely happy, which is a kiss on the lips. Yes, it's uber gay. Completely uber gay. And I'm not going to lie, it is. Now, because of this simple look, when the Shogun finally addresses all the grooms of the bedchamber, you have her coming out, and she is kind of stumbling. And one of his cohorts, one of the other members of the Oku, who's there, starts giggling. And the Shogun's like, who's giggling? And because Mizuno sees that this is a guy who's higher up, and he's also a guy who was teaching him how to play that game I said earlier, he speaks up and says, I was giggling. And the Shogun looks at him, is like, I like someone who's honest. And shows no fear. What is your name? He says his name is Mizuno. Now the only problem is that if the Shogun asks your name. That means that she chose you for the night. So he's the first consort to the Shogun. However this also means that because she's an unmarried Shogun. He's going to be the secret swain. The first to initiate the virgin Shogun. 
even if she is not a virgin, they consider her a virgin in the ways of the bedchamber. But this is also defiling her maidenhood, injuring the Shogun, and that's a terrible crime. So pretty much, long story short, he gets to fuck the Shogun, but ten days afterwards, he is going to be beheaded. And now the whole plot makes sense. They picked him because they knew that for some way he'd get chosen to be the secret swain. He'd be beheaded. And then suddenly everyone else would be perfectly fine. All the higher-ups, their families will be spared the loss of losing their child. And life will be good for them. And this upstart will be taken care of and destroyed. And this is just to ensure the survival of the rest of the Oku. Now, that night, um, after a very disturbing sex scene where you have like five people listening in on them having sex, Mizuno asks the Shogun, whose name is Nobu, if he can call her Onobu. Because she admits, I didn't know that you were going to be the secret swain. I apologize. And well, he's like, it's no matter, but if I may ask one request, and one of the higher-ups, is there, as he says, gets offended. He's like, look, he's a man who's about to die. I'm going to give him what he wants. He's going to die. Because he's doing a noble duty as my, as my consort. So she has... A night of sex with him, and then that night, or the next day, she has her spies look into Mizuno's past. And, long story short, at the end of all this, the day he's to be executed, they take him away, and they say he's executed. They go to, they tie him up, get him ready to be beheaded, and they cut off his top knot. And they say, you have been executed, you are no longer Mizuno. No, Shinkichi, you are being sent by me, the Shogun, to marry the daughter of this merchant who lives in this province. Her name is No Nobu. That is your mission for your life. So pretty much, the Shogun said, your job now is to marry the girl you love and be happy. And you're now officially a higher up rank, so you can marry her. So it's kind of cool. And then the rest of the volume talks about the fact that the rest of the world still has men in charge and women in charge, and she finds out the plot that Everyone forgets that men used to be in charge, that women were never always in charge, and it leads to this whole conspiracy of what's going on in the past. Now, this manga is pretty intense and pretty unique, I'm not going to lie, because it's an alternate history where women in charge, it's, it's a little more in-depth, it's got a lot of the historical accuracies, a little bit of a lot of the donos and samas and all the honorifics are correct, but they're backwards, like... The women are called Sama, not the men. I'm surprised that although the men are not called Chan, it's, it's, it's really weird. But it's like looking through a mirror to see what would have happened if this happened. It's like, what would have happened if the British won instead of the Americans winning the, the revolution? It's, it's intriguing. The story itself is a little... I'm not going to lie. I'm not the demographic for it. It is a Jose series, so it's for adult women. I find it interesting. I do find it a little unique. The gay is a little bit overbearing for my tastes. I'm not into the gay, but, you know, whatever. Well, what can I say? It's just, it's about the gay. So, anyway. The art style is very elegant. The kimonos look amazing. Character design is a little realistic for the most part, except for the small, super deformed sequences that look very shoujo-y. I mean, the rest is very bishonen, beautiful men, and okay-looking women, but the men are beautiful. The women look okay, but then you have the super deformed moments where they're super deformed, you're like, wait a minute, that should not be in this manga, what the fuck? And then on the other hand, you have the kimonos, which are drawn like 
completely elaborately. So it's a very mixed design, which technically shouldn't work, but for some reason it works really well. If I had to compare the designs of the, the, the costuming, I would say it's very similar to Blade of the Immortal with that elaborate design, but it's a little more flashy in this one. It's like, not, a, not as gaudy as Clamp, but it's getting there. So, with that in mind, I remember that Jade said that her rating for this was really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze your eyes to open your soul before forfeit to the great soul Magustar. I'm going to have to give this a gift for your crazy Aunt Muriel. It's okay, but forgettable. Now, I know you're thinking, like, saying, he was just raving and giving us the entire first volume, essentially. Honestly, I find it really intriguing. I, in some history stuff, I'm really intrigued with, but it was a little bit of a chore to get through. I mean, the political stuff was a little bit crazy, and also, the first part is following one character, but then suddenly it just shifts in, like, because you think the whole series is going to be following this guy rising through Oku, and that's not the case at all. It's just following the story of what of this world so it's kind of a little bit misleading and that's where it drops points off it's still a decent read if you want to read something that is a little more mature and a little more um, elegant this might be up your alley especially if you're a female reader this might be something you might enjoy a lot if you're a male reader it's something different that you can check out and it might make you look a little sophisticated because it's a nice designed book the cover is amazing it's a little bit bigger than your usual tonka bonds that are released over here by viz Either way, remember, you can check us out at www.spyker.com. You can email me at zanspyker.com or on Facebook or on Twitter. You can check out our Amazon store, amazon.com forward slash shop sports slash spyrkin. And so let's get to that part you've all waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Wheel of Manga is a 10-slotted wheel where I'm going to assign a manga to each of the 10 slots. I'm going to spin it, and we're going to see what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin' Manga Review, episode 160. So, we got some good titles on here. we got some bizarre titles, but let's see what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin' Manga Review. Number 9. So... In the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm reviewing a manga which is a little bit more highbrow than I'm used to. It's something which Vertical Ink has released that is really popular, and it has shaped the sales of wine throughout Asia. What am I talking about? I'm talking about The Drops of God. So, wait for that in the next episode, and it should be a little more highbrow, and I think I'm going to get a little toasted for that episode. So, anyway, this is your host, Zan. I thank you for listening. Keep on downloading us, and leave us some comments on the website. I hope you have a very good day. Later, guys.